There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and a huge welcome to uh, to the show. It's the first live show of 2020, and uh, in our ninth year. And I'm just really, really excited to be uh, to be back with you again uh, on the currently the 10th of January, and to have uh, an amazing guest to uh, to start off the year in Penny Haslam. Uh, we're going to talk about making yourself a little bit famous, which uh, I think you'll find a very, very engaging and uh, helpful topic. If uh, if that's on your mind, how do I make myself just a little bit famous um, so people become more aware of me? Now, um, I want to just uh, mention that um, I had a, a, a few uh, sort of shows out and, and played some repeats in December. Uh, I had Simon Barrett on uh, live in December, who was uh, amazing. Uh, we were talking about smarter, not hard. If you've not listened to that, there's been some great feedback on that show. Uh, and I, repeat, I repeated one or two shows, like the incredible show with Leon Logothetis on kindness and uh, the show on uh, on. on uh, coaching uh, with uh, my lovely friend Hilary Wilson as what I did is I went on I went on a, a little little tour a little trip to Turkey um, it's the, the first kind of uh, little tour that I've done and I went along to uh, find out about uh, Rumi and uh, Rumi is a 13th century philosopher poet and writer and his poetry today and his um, work even though he he died somewhere I think around about 1276 is um is some of the highest soul poetry. I mean, some years um, it's the, the most um, soul poetry globally, and I was interested um, through a contact I had on the show. Dr. Mansour Malik introduced me uh, to go out there, and I got the opportunity to uh, mix and meet senior diplomats, spiritual leaders. I met the um, the head of the whirling dervishes, who is completely and utterly revered in Turkey, and I got to sit. At a, at a very exclusive event which celebrated Rumi's life and got the opportunity to uh, meet the Speaker of the uh, Parliament for Turkey, etc. And I'm going to pull some of that thinking together uh, into some, um, a couple of shows in February and some of those interviews and some of my thoughts and takes on it because there is um, some wonderful principles around Rumi. One of them, his poetry, his poetry that I particularly uh, love the first line is in generosity and in um, supporting others be like a river and I think that's very beautiful about giving and we aim to give on the show and my guest today Penny Haslam is no exception to that she's um, she's somebody I know is extremely giving she's been very giving to me actually in in um, this week in uh, in sharing and connecting me with some um, with people and we're going to therefore talk today about um, uh, becoming a little bit famous and her a great new book called make yourself a little bit famous so why should we do this well when the marketplace is really noisy and busy it's important isn't it to just get noticed and um, the tendency though within us is to be a bit shy and uh, maybe to fear the spotlight you know could we look like an idiot or where i come from in the north of england i used to be we all used to be scared of being seen as showing off and um, however this is actually really important to do this and 
Penny Haslam has enjoyed an amazing career. She's been in broadcasting. It's spanned over 20 years. She worked as a senior business journalist on the BBC Radio 4 business and personal finance shows. She was incredibly invited to present the flagship investigative news program, Panorama, which is a huge uh, program in 2010 and 11. Uh, she's um, regularly became a regular on live BBC television and radio as a business news presenter on BBC Breakfast, the news channel, Radio 5 Live. Um, today, she's a seasoned professional event host and moderator uh, and uh, is often at the helm of some really big business and leadership events. And she's a TEDx speaker on the power of visibility, was awarded Speaker of the Year by her professional body, the PSA and, and Professional Speaking Association in 2017. Gosh, I'm out of breath now. She was listed as Northern Power Woman in 2018, was named a top 10 social media influencer by the global firm Condeco. So a huge, huge welcome to my uh, tremendous guest today, Penny Haslam. Hello, Chris Cooper. Thank you so much for having me. It, I'm delighted to talk to you and, and share what I have to say and what I know about my experience, if I can be of any use. Please just ask me what you like. I love your style. You've got a great presentery style there, Chris. You've been doing it for some time now. You're wonderful. Well, a little bit, a little bit old, old hat of it now, actually. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ninth, ninth year. I can't believe it. it's gone so quick. But thank you from you. That's uh, that's really, really appreciated. And hey, I'd tune in. <laughs> we're here today, which is which is brilliant, and uh, it, you know it's great that we're able to attract guests like yourself to come and join us and chat. And obviously, you've been a bit famous through uh, through your work and 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 are, and I think you're just a great person to talk about this. So, but I'm interested before we go into making yourself a bit famous and why should we do it? Uh, I'd just love to find out a little bit about your background and you know where you know in your perhaps in your childhood and. Through your earlier life, where did this interest in media marketing and and I guess a little bit about fame? You know, where did that and entrepreneurship? Where did that come from? Gosh, I mean, let's take the last one, entrepreneurship. I was a natural entrepreneur, if there is such a thing. Um, when I was early teens, I was desperate to earn some money, and not because I was in an uncomfortable or difficult situation financially with my family. I was comfortably off. I uh, went to the local high school, lived in a nice, well-heated house. You know, it wasn't difficult, but there was something about um, independence and just, I just liked seeing the money coming in in return for services and whatever I could sell. So I put a postcard in the local newsagent's window. This is before social media, obviously, 100 years ago. And it asked if anyone needed a babysitter or somebody to do the ironing or a cleaner. Now, bear in mind, I was in, in school. This was going to take place after school hours or at the weekends. And before long, I had a, a really nice customer base. <laughs> I was only 13, 14. Um, obviously, I didn't know how to capitalize on that customer base any further, but I would go around and, and earn five pounds for cleaning somebody's house or five pounds for ironing or babysitting and I just really enjoyed that interaction and that transaction uh, which I continued on when I went to university and even ended up employing uh, a, a fellow student to do help me with a big pile of ironing and so it carried on but the trend for entrepreneurship the the visibility or the the idea about entrepreneurship wasn't there it certainly wasn't there in my mind when I left university so I thought, obviously, what you do is you go and get a job, don't you? That's the that's the dream thing is to get a job. And I started off shuffling bits of paper about a desk as a clerk. 
and then I became a secretary and then I managed to get it, you know, so it would climb the ladder at the BBC sort of thing. But that bug, that itch, that urge to solve a problem, solve someone else's problem and get remuneration for it was still there. So I found myself in business journalism, not surprisingly, and I, but all the while I was asking business owners questions about how they did it. And I'd hear stuff back like, well, you t- test the market or you, you make this stuff and productivity and, and growth and, uh, you know, just all of the things around entrepreneurship and, and being in business. But the itch to be in business myself was still there. So I, I got near it. And then eventually when I left the BBC about six years ago, I set up on my own. It's the hardest I've ever worked. But anyway, <laughs> but I don't regret it for a minute. But so that was that was the entrepreneurial sort of flair innate I think but the desire to communicate I think comes from growing up in a a family that didn't really communicate it was one of those big noisy families where everyone's waiting to say something rather than actually listening to you maybe that's why I went into broadcasting and now as a professional motivational speaker I get people to listen to me don't I no choice you've got no choice you've got to listen to me but um that real real hunger to desire a desire to communicate properly with heart really listen to people and really say some interesting stuff rather than just trying to be noisy so that's probably where that comes from i think that's really important isn't it that uh, is, is that that is that heart showing through isn't it that uh, that genuine sincerity i know i know you do your work and i do mine because we just generally it's, it's more than the money isn't it it's about we want to help and i think you know that sincerity I think is is very important today, and it doesn't. It's not always apparent in many people. When I was on television at the latter end of my career in broadcasting, I was presenting uh, the business news on an early morning show, the BBC Breakfast Show. I'd wake up at three thirty in the morning, which is a terrible time to wake up. It's neither the night time nor is it the morning. Mm. Um, go to work put on a smile, put on loads of makeup, put on bright coloured clothes and stand in front of the camera at six o'clock in the morning. And it was the most glamorous job in television. I was very, very fortunate to be at that position, uh, broadcasting to the nation. But it was very lonely. And I found myself quite, um, I wouldn't say depressed, but low mood a lot of the time, even though it was a, a wonderful job to have on the face of it. And I realised, looking back, it was that I wasn't helping anyone. Yes, I was reading the news and I was sharing information, but I wasn't interacting with people. I wasn't seeing people develop and grow and and watch those little, you know, bird, little birds from the nest fly. When when one of my clients goes on TV or radio or speaks, d- delivers a, an amazing keynote, I am more proud than I ever was presenting the news um, on the BBC, which is extraordinary. But it's funny that like you say helping, giving back, interacting with people is really good for the soul, isn't it? I don't know how people do it without do it, how, how people exist without doing it. And I think the, I mean, what, what I sometimes wonder with the, the work that you did, you kind of, so you're quite an, can be quite an observer, can't you? And you, you've got parameters in terms of what, you know, what opinion you can and you can't share. And uh, I guess what it probably doesn't enable you to do is to bring the whole of you into something. Exactly. You're neutral, you're balanced, you're non-partisan. When something goes awry, the credit crunch, the global economic financial disaster, 
um, you know, supermarkets in their supply chain having dodgy food items, um, people being ripped off by the banks or the, a company. I would just literally have to go, all right, tell me more. What I really wanted to say was, that's outrageous. You know, what sort of world do we live in that that is allowed to happen? Um, and so my opinions were very much held back. And I have found my voice over the few years that I have left the organization. And actually, because I no longer present other people's information and other people's news, having an opinion is is really part and of a strong part of how I get my own customers. And I see this with other people, actually, other businesses, when they are themselves, when they stand for something, when they have a purpose, and they are clear in how they articulate that, and they articulate it with passion and strength, then they draw other people to them who who fancy a bit of that, basically. But being neutral and corporate and middle of the road or towing the line, being safe, is not going to win hearts and minds. It's it's going to leave you just a little bit neutral, a little bit corporate, maybe, without much personality. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Being neutral was not in my DNA. <laughs> I, I think um, I'm interested as well to... To understand, you know, what, why you think other people should be a little bit famous? Because it's not—I guess it's not about the fame. It's about—I um, uh, guess it's about awareness of you and your products and services. But you know, what's what your opinion on all of that? Why, why? Why should we be a bit more famous than we are tomorrow than we so, are today? So when I speak at events, I ask the audience to put their hand up if they want to be really, really famous, and there'll always be one person guaranteed he wants to be really really famous but no one else does and it's hard work you have to go around taking selfies of yourself <laughs> and uh, no one wants to be kim kardashian famous that's ridiculous it's a lot of hard work and it's very rare to happen in a good way well, then the next question of course is well who wants to be a best kept secret and again no, no one puts their hand up because that's useless, isn't it? It's not It's not the path to success. It's not going to attract attention for what you do. It's not going to help people understand how you can help them. Customers, clients, candidates, investors, policymakers, you know, anyone who you want to attract to what you do, being a best-kept secret, forget it. So I say then, welcome to the middle ground. Make yourself a little bit famous and people really like that they smile when they hear it and they light up at the little bit because it takes the pressure off and maybe they can begin to understand how they could do it it becomes more of an achievable goal and of course the reason why people should do it is so they can stand out in a noisy marketplace and so making yourself a little bit famous sort of comes takes off where marketing and PR doesn't so marketing and PR is is fabulous and has a place. I've met many, many clever people in, in both of those areas. But it can tend to be a little faceless, a little inauthentic, and essentially you're marketing or doing PR for a brand. And a brand isn't as likable, trustworthy, exciting, dynamic, opinionated as a human being, an individual human being. So I recommend to people that they become their own brand ambassadors and that they go out and they make themselves a little bit famous in a variety of ways. So maybe speaking, maybe taking part in panel discussions, maybe creating, you know, quick, silly videos. I don't say silly, I don't mean daft, but short videos on their smartphone and using it on social media or even going on, you know, TV and radio. 
being themselves in that. And when people do that, they can really capitalize. And I find the smaller businesses, the smaller medium-sized businesses can do this really well because they can give themselves permission to do it. They're not all caught up in corporate key messaging and oh we're going to get we're going to get told off by regulators if we say the wrong thing we can't trust our people to say the right thing out there we're going to hold back and we can only do marketing and pr um, and advertising but trust of course is in short supply we see that every year in january when the edelman uh, stats come in looking at consumer trust and customer trust in business and every year every year going down and down and down so I, well, it's an old adage, isn't it? People buy people and they get to know you, they get to like you and they get to trust you. And so how are you going to achieve that? And it's doing it one person at a time, one speaking engagement at a time, shaking hands with people, running for mayor in a way for business, running for your business with your campaign issues on your campaign trail. And when you begin to break it down for people, they can feel that they can definitely become a little bit famous and it's for the benefit of their their brand or their purpose actually you know purpose um with pro profile with purpose is really important and a lot of the customers i work with have a real purpose that's heartfelt and really changing the world really passionate about changing the world and doing some good in it and that's wonderful so yeah so make yourself a little bit famous a little bit more doable isn't it Fantastic. Well, I, I, I want to just mention um, before we go into commercial break um, that uh, we have a, um, a sponsor on the show called Fresh Books. And I've tended not to, with this show, not to have lots of sponsors. Um, but, and I've had lots of approaches, sometimes from brands that I've not really respected. But there's um, a really good company has uh, approached me, and I just want to share a little bit about them. Um, and I wonder if you kind of remember when you started your small business, and you know, it wasn't a it wasn't there's no small feat really and you probably find it took lots of late nights early mornings the occasional nighter uh, but bottom line ever since you've been really really busy so one of the ways to make things a little bit easier um is with freshbooks who've um, our friends and they found a solution now freshbooks um, provide invoicing accounting software and it's designed specifically for small business owners and it's uh, it's designed to be simple and intuitive and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Um, that you can create and send professional looking invoices in about 30 seconds and then get them paid twice as fast with automated online payments, uh, file expenses even quicker, keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part is that FreshBooks, it grows alongside your business. So you'll always have tools you need when you need them without having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. 24 million people you can join if you use fresh books and you can try it free for 30 days there's no catch catch no credit card required uh, if it's something you're looking for go to freshbooks.com slash elevation and enter the business elevation show in the how did you hear about us section to get started um so uh yeah have a look at that and uh, we're going to go into commercial break now but after the break i want to talk much more about uh, about um making yourself a little bit uh, famous and some of the ways that you can do that uh, with Penny Haslam's help. So we'll be back again with you in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. 
Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm delighted to be back with you again uh, with the Business Elevation Show. And we, we help you to develop yourself and develop your thinking so you can develop your business and, and really make more out of, uh, out of business and, and life. So um, I'm interviewing today Penny Haslam. We're talking about making yourself a little bit, uh, bit famous. And uh, Penny explained you know, how that can kind of help. And I'm interested, Penny, we've, we're going to chat about things like speaking and panels and tv and radio i wonder is this um you know what if you're a bit a bit introvert <laughs> this is perfect if you're a bit introverted i so rather suspect i am an extroverted introvert or an introverted extrovert or something like that but i don't really like most people enjoy the idea of crossing the threshold of a, a party maybe or a networking event I'm very used to smiling and putting my best foot forward, um, but not when it comes to actually meeting lots of people. So I could probably do that on TV and on a stage, but I feel a bit exposed. And make yourself a little bit famous, and it's laid out really well in my book about how you can use your expertise, use your knowledge, and put that front and centre rather than trying to put yourself front and centre. So for smaller businesses where you're the figurehead for the business, you are the business, uh, you probably should be leveraging your personality in order to attract attention for what you do. But that can feel a little bit like tap dancing in front of people and trying to go, come to me. I'm brilliant. Please. No, please come to me. No, please, please. Do you mind? Uh, And a bit salesy. And that can get a bit wearing, can't it? So I encourage people to think about a couple, two, maybe three, pet subjects so subjects that are close to their heart they are used to talking about a lot it's what their business or, or brand deals in it's a part of the service that they offer 
So I'll give you a really good example of a gentleman I met about four years ago who was a back bedroom entrepreneur. He'd invented a chewing gum in Canada. It's called Pure Gum, P-U-R, Pure Gum. Uh, he's called Jay Klein. And Jay has a product. Obviously, it's new to market. But he doesn't have the firepower of the big providers of chewing gum, Wrigley's, Kraft, Cadbury. You know, they've got a $26 billion industry with distribution, R&D, marketing, uh, point of sales already established in, in retail units. Where, how was Jay Klein ever going to get his chewing gum into the hands or mouths of people to buy it? And his idea was around the campaign issues I mentioned earlier. So his chewing gum is aspartame free and it's also sugar free. So rather than selling pure gum, please buy pure gum, please buy pure gum. Why not? He actually established credibility and expertise in knowing more about aspartame which is the artificial sweetener, uh, reported to have negative health, um, damaging health uh, impact, cancers and tumours, um, and also uh, a low sugar diet. So you can't you can't enter January without reading or hearing about how we've all overdone it over Christmas maybe, or during festivities and holidays, and how we could do with starting the new year with a new waistline, uh, or how diabetes is on the rise, obesity is on the rise around the world. So Jay Klein will comment on those campaign issues, those topics, those subjects that he knows about. And as such, he develops further credibility the more he knows about it. And he gets known for those. So he's not having to sell himself or his product in an uncomfortable way. He's actually being useful and helpful when he shares information about those two areas. So for introverts, it's a really good way of latching onto something that's external to you. And it's really thinking about what do you want to get known for? What helps and interests your customers or your or the audiences that you want to get in front of? What what's their pain? What do they stay awake up uh, awake at night about? And how can you articulate that and show that you understand that and hey, guess what? You've got the solution back at base. Hey, guess what? Silent brackets come and buy pure gum. And his business was a huge, is a huge success. Uh, just a few years ago, it was estimated to be worth around $10 million. Not bad for a back bedroom entrepreneur. It sold in something like 50,000 uh, 50, retail outlets in you know, 25 countries around the world. So he's done really well. And he is you know, stealing a march on the other gum providers, but not by pushing his gum front and center. Do, do you think, Penny, it helps if you... You know, what you're what you're selling or sharing in terms of information is you know linked to maybe your bit of your purpose in life maybe on a, a, a bit of a mission to help people realize their potential or become better leaders or um, or eat um, chew products that are going to be you know, advantageous for your teeth rather than causing mm -hmm. damage is, is that that helpful to have that kind of a you know a drive and realize that actually if you don't share this maybe you're doing a disservice to the world Yes, and that is a really useful thing for introverts or people who are a bit shy and, and don't quite know how to put themselves forward. So it's really about showcasing what you do rather than showing off and seeing how you can be useful to the world. So most of our clients are dealing in stuff that they are truly passionate about. And it, it's very difficult to find an entrepreneur um, or business owner who has set up and 
in something that they're not interested in. I mean, they might have something that they've kind of invested in that they're a bit far removed from. But ultimately, I think entrepreneurship comes from a place of pain initially. So I've met people who have set up um, cosmetic testing laboratories that don't test on animals. Uh, I've met people who work in sustainable energy in the clean tech space in recruitment. But nonetheless, they are passionate about what they do in the world. An IT owner, an IT business owner who's come up with a, a challenger to the big saps and sages accountancy that's bespoke. And his driver is just helping businesses not get all tied up in paperwork and wasting their time on productivity, trying to match up information from a load of different databases. So my entrepreneurship is driven by the desire to not see wasted talent. You know, and I meet dazzling uh, business owners. I think, God, you've got a great talk in you let's go and share that um i don't want to see you not doing well because you know i wanted to succeed i i saw how this could work so yeah i think if you if you are talking about something you're not passionate about or you don't believe in then you're never going to be authentic um and it really helps when you think i can serve my audience well by sharing this information and actually when you've got good content when you've got good ideas that will help change the world you can't help but share them, can you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They got me thinking about my kind of drive. I, I want people, employees, to be really happy in their work by having better leaders um, and more engaging teams and uh, and have workplaces that really help them to become. The Why best is that? Um, well, it actually, it came. I re- I did some work around this. I, I may have mentioned it uh, on the show before, but. Um, what, what became very clear to me, I, I, my, my father died a year last November. When I was sitting with him, I was thinking about a, a scenario, a situation when I, he'd taken me to the steelworks when I was, where he worked in Scunthorpe and had to spend 40 years. And uh, I met the, I happened to just have a little tour and happened to meet the CEO of the steelworks. And he uh, came over to me and asked me, you know, had I had a nice time and would I like to join them one day? And I said, you suddenly came out to me, you must be joking. And my dad <laughs> Fuming, and we got in the car, and we went all the way home, and he was angry with me. And so, how could you say that one day you might want to work there? And then I suddenly said to him, "I said, but Dad, you've worked there for so long, and you're not happy there. Why would I want to work there?" And and I saw my dad for forty years really work somewhere that he he wasn't really happy. And I thought no one should have to do that. And you know, his like his horizons were more limited and opportunities than we have. But um, if you can help people create organisations, people love to be. All the metrics go up and. So it's very linked into me quite quite personally, really. I think that's what drives you, isn't it? You know, it's what, if you can think back to the why of it all, why, you know, not just why you should, but what's prompting it all. I help employees raise their profile as well um, and help leaders get a bit more visible because I've I worked in organizations where the leaders wouldn't really give you eye contact, you know? <laughs> so, and it was so uh, disengaging for everyone. You know, everyone felt a bit lost, so that's a that's another way of thinking about making yourself a little bit famous if you are not necessarily running your own business but maybe you're a leader in a larger organization is how can you be more visible how can you make yourself a little bit famous and yes that's good for brand but it's also good for your team members so they can see you and understand where you're going if you can share the message of where you want to be then people are going to lean into that and follow you in a better more healthy way but yeah being a square peg in a round hole funnily enough i i when i first 
got the opportunity to go on live television. It was presenting the five-minute bulletin on the news channel, the rolling news channel, five-minute business bulletin. And I was so excited. I'd become freelance, and it was one of my first opportunities on live television. Very exciting. Goodness. Um, And I told my dad, and he said, what's the point of that? And he didn't mean it because he was thinking of me. He was thinking of himself and how his job security was everything and always had been. So for me, he was thinking, why would you want to do something that would open yourself up to job insecurity? Uh, What's the point of that? Is it going to lead to a proper job? So, (laughs) yeah, it's uh, it's maybe a generational thing, but I think a human uh, desire to either work for yourself or work for someone else, I don't know. It's all there, isn't it? But what drives you to help others is a really important question to ask yourself. It's sometimes a, sh- uh, a shock. I, I, you may have the same. I mean, my parents helped me. I was the first one to go to university and get a degree. And then I worked, started working with some great companies, some really big company names, and got some good jobs. And then one day, you know, in their minds, I threw it all away by <laughs> leaving and going to do my own thing. And, and my mom was saying to my wife, what's he, what's he doing in there? You know, what's he doing in his office? You know, it's, uh, and it was a... Uh, completely alien to them really um so it, it, but you're right it you know it it takes when you do this it takes uh it takes some courage it's a step into the unknown but i suppose you you do find out a lot about yourself don't you more I think, oh yes you, you have to go out and do everything and be, be responsible for your own fate really yes uh, my mum if i say oh, I'm, I'm just getting on a train mum i'll call you back i'm going to london or uh going to the airport i'm speaking uh and she'll always say are you being paid <laughs> oh yes very well thank you so it's, it's all okay as if it was a voluntary job it's funny yeah yeah so we should talk about we should talk about speaking um you, you and i obviously obviously speak and i have to be honest when i first started and first joined the psa it was i, I done lots of corporate presenting but actually to be able to uh, tell engaging stories and and uh, entertain as well it, it was um you know it, it took some took some courage and i just wonder how you know, your experience of how you make yourself a little bit more famous through speaking and you know, is that a worthwhile journey putting yourself through that kind of pain <laughs> pain for some pleasure for others i think it becomes pleasurable when you are sure of your content and you know that you have some interesting things to share with the audience and that your audience uh, could do with hearing what you've got to say and I think then you can get more confidence in it but it can be very frightening for a lot of people to think about speaking um, the first my starting point in speaking was a little accidental I had left the BBC I'd set up a business where the logo was actually better than the business it has to be said I love the logo it was Penny Haslam's expert women uh, Penny Haslam's expert women was um, to help business women get on tv and radio so it's a part of what i do now but in a very small early days way it was a first iteration of what i do now and it spelt out few p-h-e-w and it looked great on a business card but i hadn't really thought about who these women would be how i would find them uh, i knew how i could train them to do it i knew about the business the connections in the media but i hadn't thought about who my customer base was so early lesson no problem but I got invited to speak at a local networking event and I didn't like networking as I've alluded to earlier. I was a bit unsure of it or how to you know, talk to people. In fact, my first ever networking event, I went along because 
people tell you, don't they? You must go to these things because you can take your business to the next level. That's what they say, isn't it? You yeah. go to networking, you be a success. And I didn't. <laughs> obviously, that's not true. Straight away from one networking event, but um, I had a go, and I spent the first twenty minutes talking at somebody, uh, which is an error. Obviously, you should ask questions at networking. Anyway, I spoke at her, and I remembered that I was in a networking event, and I should perhaps ask her a question. I said, oh, um, sorry, forgive me, I've gone on. What do you do? And she said, oh, oh no, I'm not meant to be here. I, I just, I'm helping the photographer. I was just getting a glass of water. <laughs> so, oh, right. So I thought, I'll try a different tack. Instead of me going into a room and shaking hands with everyone, hoping to collect a few business cards, hoping to swap a few uh, of my own, um, this opportunity to speak came along. So I went along and I, I rambled on at the front of the room for about 20, 25 minutes about Penny Haslam's expert women and why we should have more women on TV and radio because there weren't any and how there were opportunities. And I realized afterwards that people were coming up to me and asking me for coffees, for meetings, how could I help them? And what I'd done is I'd shaken hands with the room in one go without too much effort, without too much effort. I'd had to yeah. think about what I was going to say. I thought if I can get good at that, that's going to be all right, isn't it? That's going to be a way of attracting attention for what I do. Now, of course, what I didn't know in the early days of understanding the events industry is that industry speakers are on every stage of every day of every year talking for free, but they're representing their brand. And I MC and I host a lot of events now. Um, I'm always introducing either well-known brands or people who with lots of business experience Sometimes they're paid, sometimes they're doing it for nothing, but they will always get connections and attention for what they do because they're running for mayor. So if they can craft a killer keynote and deliver it with confidence, then they are running into that kind of getting people getting to know them, like them and trust them. They're a brand ambassador. It's a really good way of raising your profile and making yourself a little bit famous. And it can be fun, I promise you. It can be fun. Um, and I help people who have a message, a purpose, they want to do what they want to do. I want to help them with stories and structure and signposting and how to sell in from the stage without being really clumsy about it or feeling uncomfortable. And people go away proud to deliver what they've got and excited to share what they've got, actually. So, yes, yeah, speaking, as you know, Grace, this is one a wonderful thing to do. And you know what? You've got to start somewhere. No one saw Steve Jobs do his first talk or Brené Brown stand up probably in front of a room of 10 people at the university where she works. Both of them probably had a bit of a neck flush, you know, there's red red yeah. flush on your neck when you're nervous or a bit of a tick in, in your eye and a, a twitch and, and maybe they held their notes and were shaky. All of those things that we all experience when we first get up and speak were there uh, but what we see other people in, in other people is that they're the finished product on stage being glorious we don't remember the journey and then we measure that external uh, view of them with our own internal experience which is often critical and nervous and that experience makes us think that we can't do it but i think everyone everyone can learn to speak confidently on stage and enjoy it or endure it. <laughs> add an extra just element to that, and in, in that, what, what I've I have certainly found through the years of getting involved with speaking myself is that not only is there the the benefit when you do get an opportunity, and you may well do at some point just naturally to stand on a stage, and you want to be you know ready for that. 
but not only that, when you have someone like Penny helping you, um, you know, crafting stories and, uh, and and doing this well, you find that you, you create banks of stories that you actually use in life in general. So I certainly find through when I'm, I'm working with, with my clients is that I'm always utilizing some of those stories in conversation and, and, and you become a little bit famous for that, not just um, just the stage, but in every every day-to-day interaction and you know, in, in the way your, your enthusiasm becomes more infectious, et cetera. So huge amounts of benefit through, I, I believe, learning to speak and putting yourself through that journey and then a huge amount of reward when it's when it goes well and it, it comes together uh, we're going to go to commercial break now after the break i'd like to ask you penny a little bit about panels and uh, we, we may if we get the chance um talk a little about tv or or radio um otherwise if we don't we'll just have to get you back another day <laughs> okay the boardroom to you voice america business network would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential chris cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the achiever program one-to-one mentoring and coaching facilitated leader development workshops and speeches Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Penny Haslam. We're talking about making yourself a little bit famous. Uh, Penny, we're having such a great conversation. Time's uh, going to disappear. Have you, can you tell us a little bit about panels? You know, what are panels? How do you go about joining them? If you Google panels, uh, you'll probably come up with something to do with cars, won't you? Yeah. Or, <laughs> or yeah, the or side panels. of a bath. Yeah. But um, panel discussions are the bread and butter of conferences and events. And uh, when things are organized, there's the ubiquitous panel where four, maybe five people are lined up on a on a stage, usually in a tub chair, in tub chairs, <laughs> those sort of uncomfortable, tight, squeezy chairs, or maybe on high stools. Um, and there'll be a panel moderator or chair or host or facilitator, maybe, who will be directing the flow of discussion. And it's a really great opportunity to take part and get known by the audience in a less onerous way than if you are the speaker. 
You can share the discussion time. You can knock about some ideas that are related to your industry, issues and trends related to a topic or something. Um, and the audience benefits because they get, you know, four, three, four, five speakers who all know about things uh, to share their expertise. But there's a real skill to taking part. And I've dedicated a whole chunky chapter in my book to how to be a great panel contributor and how to chair a panel because no one gives you that job description at all. And it's what I've been doing for years and years. And I know what a good panel looks like because often they can be a bit stilted if the chair just asks everyone a question and then everyone gives their answer and then they wait. And it's got to be more like a either a, a meeting or a, a dinner party discussion. If anyone has dinner parties anymore, I don't know if they do. <laughs> but um, where well, you can interrupt each other, you can add to the discussion. But again, you've got to think about packaging up what you're going to say in a way that's quite concise because you don't actually get much time. If you think maybe a, a panel is 40 minutes and there are four of you, including the panel chair, then that's only eight, ten minutes each to, to get your messaging across. So those stories that I talked about in, in the keynotes that you might do, you probably want to strip down and, and keep really short. So there's, a, there's an art to it. Uh, but saying yes to going on a panel is well, what people should be doing in 2020, seeking out panels and putting themselves forward to, to take part, because it's really good fun. Excellent. You know, I've never never considered that. I've had one or two. Have I've you not been on one, Chris? I'd have I, thought you'd be brilliant. I think I, I think I have been. I've been on a couple, um, but I've not actively sought them out. And I, I did I have one at a big event, and I was asked to go on the panel, and then they said to me, and yeah, at the end of the call was, and uh, the, right at the very end was, and providing you um, you, you you find. Um, you find 20 people we won't we won't charge you the 10 grand fee oh. <laughs> so i said at that point i said no thank you it's not for me um, yes there is a slim a slim element of the speaking industry that expects speakers to pay i think big brands you know at big industry events get charged to speak uh it's not something that i'd be involved in but um, if it works for your business, then fine. But uh, you've got to have a lot of value back, haven't you, for that? But um, it's uh, it's something that you can seek out. You know, you get the emails from people saying, we've got an event coming up in November. Please buy a ticket. Then you normally delete that, don't you? Or you park it in the back of your head as something you might do. Um, it's then I would suggest you create a, what I call a swipe folder in your emails and just swipe across opportunities where they might need speakers or they might need panelists and just get in touch with the organizer just say hi i'm uh, an industry expert or i talk about um this that and the other i know about it because i'm in the business of doing it if you're looking for somebody to take part in a panel then i'd be more than happy to help here's my number email then leave it at that and who knows you might get called upon i think it's especially important for generally underrepresented groups um there is a, a hashtag on Twitter, if you care to look for it, called um, hashtag Manal, which is an all-male panel. So um, women, uh, ethnic minority representative uh, people who can share their expertise are really, really welcome on panels because they help reflect the audience more, you know, more than anything. And um, it's really good, good to see a lovely mix of diversity on a panel. I hate seeing all-male panels and will not chair one, actually. I've refused to chair them nowadays. They're really old-fashioned. Good, good, good for you. Now, we've only got 
about six minutes, something like that, before I need to kind of wrap up and summarise. I just want to quickly ask you, you've got all this experience on TV. I found myself about three weeks ago while I was in Turkey um, being interviewed uh, on TBT Arabic, an Arabic TV station, a big camera put in my face and uh, <laughs> and was uh, was talked to, which is, it was a great experience. Um, what's your tips when that happens and, and you know, around TV in about three minutes? <laughs> okay, so... Any sort of video or TV or radio, uh, you've got to know that you've got quite a short amount of time in which to get a message across. Uh, in performance terms, being your best self on the best day is really good. So if you're feeling a bit low on energy, find some, you know, so take a deep breath and find some. And then I share with everyone I work with uh, an acronym called FACE, F-A-C-E. And it really is a simple way of packaging up what you want to say so that you sound compelling and you sound confident and you're concise as well, which is the danger, isn't it, of, of having a, a camera stuck in your face. You kind of nervously just go on a bit, don't quite know when to stop, not sure you've made your point and uh, you come away maybe thinking, oh, I wish I'd said that. Uh, you can find Face, a downloadable document planner. It's like a, a quadrant box that you just fill in some ideas you maybe give us a fact for F, add a bit of detail, and then comment because you're the expert and give your opinion. And then E is for example. Give an example of what you're talking about from the real world. And this be uh, this will be something that brings something to life. You know, brings a bit of colour to what you're saying. And is the is a really interesting bit actually. We know stories are really saleable and hooky. So make sure you think of a real world example and paint some pictures with words. So, yeah, go to makeyourselfalittlebitfamous.com and there's a few resources there that you can download and use and it explains a bit more about that. It's back of the envelope, you know, it's a back of a a bit of a a scrap of paper, F-A-C-E, put down some notes and then you'll find yourself with some really good content. Uh, So, yeah, if you do find yourself with somebody going, would you mind commenting for this video and then getting their camera out, you're like, okay, give me one minute. Have a think about what you're going to say. Take a deep breath, smile, and off you go. And you'll be in a much better place. Yes, because that's a really good point. Because it's not just it's not just TV. This is it. We so often you go to events or you know, podcasters suddenly put something in front of you, or uh, or people are you know, with their phones want uh, want video content for their blogs. So there's often quite a lot of opportunity to do this. So I think that face, fact, add detail, comment, and example is a really good um, a really good tool to work with. Yes. So yeah yeah and it serves you well when you've got a short amount of time so on tv a live tv interview on a news channel would be two three minutes maybe on radio it would be three or four minutes you can't really say that much and you want to say your best stuff first that's the key bit of this say your best stuff first that's a good that's a good point and that's a you know we, we were discussing in the break radio is uh, commercial radio is is a very different say podcasting which what we're doing it we're doing um slightly different because this show does go out live on the internet so this is a hybrid it's a hybrid yeah so there's a number of different variations and we've got the liberty and the opportunity to talk for nearly nearly an hour on this but if you're on commercial radio and we we were you and i were chatting the other day about our experiences of uh, of being interviewed on commercial radio it's quite different isn't it absolutely it's um short and to the point and in fact regardless of how long you've got your job when you're making yourself a little bit famous is not just to waffle on, it's to say some useful things, some interesting stuff. 
I think it's your responsibility to share your message in a way that can help people. You can kind of fall into the trap of issues-based chat or what the world needs is this and what we should be doing is this. And actually what we want is some actionable points that you can go away with and make a difference straight away. So give away your best stuff, I would always advise as well. Your best advice, your best tips. Don't just talk in issues. Otherwise, it feels a bit too gentle and people need to know how, don't they? They do. We've talked about speaking panels, radio, uh, about TV. Now, in, in your book, I think you identified it 27 other areas. <laughs> I, talk, I call it fanning the flame of fame. <laughs> uh, <laughs> making your flame of fame fame burn for longer so yes you could go and do a talk at a local event and maybe your talk is 20 minutes and then you could just go home that'd be great wouldn't it you'd have made a connection with some people but actually you can spread the content of that over social media which is amazing it's a free to free to use tool that you can share your stuff on so maybe someone will take a photograph of you while you're speaking and you can share that. Maybe someone on LinkedIn might give you a recommendation. You might want to reflect some feedback. You might want to use it before you speak um, to say, oh, preparing my talk for for this and I'm going to be talking about this after this event. And, and just use it a bit more strategically than just turning up to the event and going home again. And so there are lots and lots of tips like that small easy wins nothing too hard i think just the work hard once is what i'd leave people with the who approach work hard once so if you're going to create a talk make sure it works really well for you across time rather than just for that short period of time maybe repeat that talk many times um, and raise your profile that way make yourself a little bit famous that way it's great advice. Like, you know, if you can get on to, to, to things like this, you know, you know, we, you, and you're a guest on them. You know, you can keep keep sharing that out on the within your network, and new people will pick it up and will listen it. And in this one um, hour that Penny spent with myself and the, a bit of time preparing, that can be used in multiple ways. So you can then turn that into a blog and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Right, we've only got a couple of minutes till we're, we're finishing now. Um, just very very briefly, how do you help your clients? I work with people to help them develop a strategy. So what what do they need? You know, what what do they need to do? Who do they need to get in front of? I've worked with a lot of organizations who could do with influencing policymakers in government a lot more and informing the wider public as to what they do. So we work on that. And then it's about skills, making sure you're confident in delivering that information and getting out there with your message. So it might be working on a keynote, learning how to do a panel, really learning how to do TV and radio and how to get in front of those journalists so you actually get booked anyway. And supporting people with feedback and ensuring that they have some honest, critical friend feedback. It's very difficult to get feedback on your performance. And that's really important, isn't it, when you um, are making yourself a little bit famous. You want to be sure of your content and what you're talking about. So... Yes, I help people do that. I hold their hands in terms of getting out there and making themselves a little bit famous. Fantastic. Well, I can't think of anyone with your experience um, in, a, in a better place to help people do that. And, and just a quick final message before we leave. Gosh, don't leave this stuff to chance. This isn't going to just happen. You might find yourself looking back at last year and thinking, well, I did do a bit of speaking, actually, but it came to nothing. Or I was on a panel once but I haven't been on one since. You really need to take action and be proactive and plan and plot 
my first step would be to get a notebook and a pen and make some notes, write down your stories, the ideas that come to you, the events you attend, tell your friends and family that you want to be getting out there more. And before you know it, you'll have a a filled up calendar for 2020. Excellent. I've got to stop you there. I'm really sorry because we're just about to to finish. But I just want want people to know, if you go and buy this book, um, it's called Make Yourself a Little Bit Famous. Go to makeyourselfalittlebitfamous.com. Is that correct? That's the one. And for more information as well on Penny, you can go to Penny Haslam and Penny um, Haslam, H-A-S-L-A-M dot co dot UK. Any questions, comments, feel free to uh, share them with me. And on next week's show, we've got an, uh, another incredible guest with huge, huge experience in the, the consultancy world. Um, and we're going to talk about um, about uh, vulnerability and how vulnerability uh, you know, hero's journey to vulnerability. Tom's got an incredible story, and we'll talk about how to, leaders should use that to connect with with those that they lead. Um, do join us again next week. Huge thank you to you, Penny. It's been brilliant. And, uh, and um, yeah, uh, get in touch. Get in touch with us if you'd like uh, me to connect you with Penny, or go to a, a website. And uh, and also, uh, please do if you've got any questions or comments, come to Chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 